0: Welcome, welcome, welcome! I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. So we are currently in the midst of the NBA playoffs, and while all of the series pretty much two games in, you're starting to get a sense of how these series are going to go, or you're starting to get a sense of you know what are the strengths for these playoff teams or what are the weaknesses. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to go through every series and while I'm not going to break down the entire series cuz like I said all these series are pretty much two games in. What I wanted to what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about some of the glaring things that we're seeing out of all series, out of all the series. And let's start with let's start with Jordan Poole, man. Golden State seems to always find themselves with a great problem to have. And right now that problem is Jordan Poole. Now not in the sense of, you know, Jordan Poole is a legit problem. No,
1: no. Well,
0: not for Golden State. Jordan, first of all, uh, shouts out to all the award uh finalists, you know, the the most valuable player, uh Defensive Player of the Year. I know Marcus Smart did win that. Shouts out to him. I probably would have gave it to Giannis but Hey, he hasn't he even finished in the top three, but you know, shout out to uh, shout out to Marcus Smart for being the first guard since I think um, I think Gary Payton to win it, and I think third guard ever because I know Jordan won. Uh, defensive pl- well, no uh, most improved. I don't think they've they've you know officially said who won, but I know it's uh, Darius Garland. DeJounte Murray and John Morant and that's kind of where again shout out to all the award finalists for you know coach of the year every other awards but I don't see how Jordan Poole wasn't even a finalist that that is crazy to me but let's let's talk about what we're seeing in this Golden State Denver series right now Golden State is leading 2-0 and it hasn't really been close either one of the two games now To shoot Denver some bail Uh, Both both of the first games Were in Golden State And Denver of course is still And I told you guys And and people don't really understand this Until you understand it (laughs) Or until you see it live You can go an entire Regular season You can go an entire An entire season Regular season Without having stars. Especially if you have a star. um, In, in the sense of Denver. You have Nikola Jokic. Who could possibly win his second straight MVP. But. When you get to the playoffs. There's a reason why. One. Denver is a sixth seed. Even with the possible MVP. They're the sixth. They they came into the playoffs as a sixth seed. When you don't have Jamal Murray, when you don't have Michael Porter Jr., that, it's tough, man. It's tough, because you're going up against a team that is now firing on all cylinders. Yes, you don't have James Wiseman, but you're firing, they're firing on all cylinders. Golden State is, looks like a, Golden State was down 12 points. Golden State was down 12 points in game two. And, Went on a what twenty six to twenty six to four run like like in a, in in like an instant. So it's just like it's tough. It's tough when Golden State is 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 fun, is shooting the lights out when you have Steph going crazy when you have Klay uh, Thompson going crazy and now you have Jordan Poole, which we'll talk about in a second. But I'm watching this series, and one I feel bad for Denver because. You're 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 thrusting people into positions that they didn't. They're not used to being in. They didn't expect to be in like a Brent for a Brent Forbes. He, I know he didn't expect to guard a, uh, a a hot Steph Curry or a hot Jordan. But we didn't expect that. Um, Will Barton has to take. <laughs> Will Will Barton has to take ten fifteen shots a game. That's not ideal, especially when you're trying to win. And honestly, man. I, I think it would be different, of course, if Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray were there. Of course, you can—I'm not going to say you can match firepower with Golden State, but you actually—now you have your best uh, scorer who can put the ball on the ground in uh, Jamal Murray, and you have your pretty much second-best scorer that can put the ball on the ground. Now, am I saying that they are both best better players than uh, Nikola Jokic? No. When we're talking about scores, I will take Jamal Murray and slightly— Michael Porter Jr. over uh, Nikola Jokic as far as scoring so you need that in a series when you're going up against the hottest team in the league now let's go over to Golden State real quick Um, like I said before they are they they have a Golden State has a good problem a problem that you Golden State always seems to find themselves in good problems (laughs) <laughs> that's I guess that's a sign of a go, good organization. But the good problem that they have right now is Jordan Poole. So Steph gets hurt, you know, uh, has a sprained ligament, and he misses, I think, the last couple weeks of the season. Jordan Poole has been going crazy this entire year, whether it's been in replacement of Steph Curry or whether it's been in replacement of Klay uh, Thompson until Klay Thompson came back. <laughs> So now you get to the playoffs, and, boy, Jordan Poole, man, Jordan Poole is going crazy. I think he ha- he scored, like, 50, 59 points uh, in his first two first two uh, playoffs, which I think is the most by any player in their first two playoff performances. Golden State, and this is all, of course, coming with Steph Curry coming off the bench. Steph Curry was like, yeah, you know, Jordan Poole is playing well let me come off the bench so I can get my rhythm. Steph Curry the other night dropped 34 on the, off the bench. And I think he did it in like 24 minutes, which is the the few fewest minutes to score over 30 like ever in a playoff game. So I say that Golden State finds themselves having a great problem because what happens? What happens now when, all right, you're going to insert. So here's the dilemma. Steph Curry can't continuously come off the bench. He could, but that's going to just mess up the rotation. Steph Curry can't continue to come off the bench. However, Jordan Poole is hot right now, and you don't want to mess up that. I'm not going to say that chemistry because, of course, Steph, Clay, and Dre have chemistry and and everything, but you don't want to mess that up. And while Jordan Poole has definitely said, you know, I just want to impact the game and, and be positive for the team, it's different. It's a different mind state from being a starter to being, you know, going back. Oh, being a starter, being very successful as a starter, then going back to the bench. Yes, as a sixth man, we're going back to the bench. So it's going to be tough. It's, gonna, it's, it's going to be tough. Steph's going to have to start eventually. And, and a lot of people are saying, and I think Draymond Green even said, it's like, yo, Jordan Poole's going to have to start as well. Now that... <laughs> What you you don't want to do – now, I know every series is different. So when you're going up against Denver now, it's possible that you can start Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole at the same time. Now, while that is a great lineup, that does cause problems for Golden State. And the problem that it causes is when you look at the bench, Jordan Poole was a huge component for bench scoring. And if you put him to the starting lineup, now who's your sixth man? Who would be going to stay sixth man? With Andre Iguodala being hurt and being older, Juan Descano-Anderson, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, Gary Payton, the, you know, the, none of these players, especially offensively, can match the production that a Jordan Poole brings. So while, yes. Golden State looks incredible with a three guard lineup that is Steph Curry, Clay, uh, Jordan Poole, and Klay Thompson. It's going to be tough with the rotation, so that's why you don't really want to start off with the game or start the game off like that with every series. So Golden State finds themselves having a uh, having a dilemma on their hands, man. Having a dilemma on their hands. So, but but a good dilemma to have because it's like it's not like you're you're searching for points. You're searching for good players, no, you need to figure out a way how to do this rotation without messing up the chemistry that, that Golden State is built, has built. You don't want to destroy, you know, Jordan Poole's confidence. Uh, but then again, you can't have Steph Curry come off the bench. So it's a good problem to have, man. And I will say this. Now, I know that this is a this is a statement that I'm just going to – I don't think we're there yet. But I think we need to start looking at Denver as one of those blow it up teams. We will talk about a team very shortly that is definitely in that blow it up mode, in my opinion. But Denver, I think what is holding Denver. Let me say this. I think what is what is preventing Denver from pushing that blow it up button is the fact that Jamal Murray's hurt is the fact that Michael Porter Jr.'s hurt. And, of course, you have Nicole Jokic, who is an MVP, uh, reigning MVP, could possibly be a two-time MVP. But even full strength, even with a healthy Jamal Murray, even with a healthy Michael Porter Jr., even with DeMarcus Cousins, even with Will Barton, even with Monte Morris, even with all these players, when you look at the landscape of the league, Do you really think that Denver is good enough to compete for a championship? Now, yes, they are good enough to win a series. They are good enough to win maybe two series. But let's just look at this year's landscape. I don't see Denver beating Golden State. Even if they did somehow beat Golden State, I don't see Denver beating Memphis. I, I think Denver being a dogfight against Minnesota. And I definitely don't see Denver beating Phoenix. So it's like, that's just this year. You Know it's, I, I just don't see a, a scenario, even and that's just the West. I didn't say anything about you know the Clippers getting uh Paul George and Kawhi Leonard back fully healthy. I didn't say anything about um who else who did the, who did, or New Orleans if New Orleans can get Zion back, like I don't, it's just going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough, and I, I'm not f- fully there to say blow it up for Denver because, you know, you, you, you want to know exactly how they are. They, they looked incredible in the bubble. You want to see how they are fully healthy again, but even fully healthy in my opinion, I don't think Denver – I think Denver finds themselves as one of those teams that are just in the middle. Too, too good – not in the middle. Slightly above the middle, but not at the top. Like, I don't, even though you have great players, I don't see Denver as one of those teams that are real championship caliber teams. I don't think, I don't see Denver, even though they're coached great and everything, I just don't see it. And it's like, at that point, what do you do? Do you want to stay there? Be too good to be a lottery pick or, or continuously win maybe a series or two, or you're not bad enough to have a solid lottery pick. So what do you do? So I'm not quite there as to blow up Denver, but I think they're getting there. I think they're getting there. Let's go to the next or or probably the second most exciting series right now. and And definitely the best series out of all the series going on right now. And that is Boston and Brooklyn. Now, Moving before we before we move forward, I will address the Kyrie Irving thing. Um, Why I say it like (laughs) why I say it like Kyrie Irving did something to me. (laughs) I don't know. But of course, Kyrie Irving uh, was going at it with the fans. And well, no, let me say this. The fans were going at it with Kyrie. And of course, he responded. He responded with, you know, he responded. And a lot of people are he's probably gonna get fined. he probably already gotten fined uh but i'm sh- I'm shooting this uh Tuesday evening, so he's probably already got fined, but it's basketball people people still don't understand, especially some fans, just because you pay a ticket for admission, which is probably a very expensive ticket. If you can, if you can be an earshot of Kyrie Irving, probably an expensive ticket. That doesn't really give you the right to just spew tough rhetoric, hatred, hate, hate rhetoric, spew some, you know, call any athlete out their name. That doesn't really give you the right. And then don't be surprised when athletes react. You know, I, I, they always say athletes should take the high road because they, they're the athletes, they make enough, they make all this money. This that and the third, but, uh, like, no, my G, you're not about to just talk to me no tight way. So I don't have a problem with the whole Kyrie Irving flipping the bird at the at the fans that were, you know, calling out his name and everything. I ain't got no problem with it. <laughs> just, Kyrie Irving went crazy game two. Kyrie Irving went crazy game one. Like, that's just that's just how it was. Let's talk about the game. Boston won game one in a spectacular fashion. Uh, you know, they were they were winning handedly. Brooklyn came back and took like a double-digit lead, and Boston came back. KD struggled the entire game, and the last play, he kind of got caught ball-watching. Uh, Jason Tatum, back cut pretty much, got the ball, did a spin move on Kyrie and, and did it at the buzzer this is this has been an exciting series and it's only well after tonight it may only be two games in uh but the same thing that i the 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 same reason why i said i don't expect brooklyn to come out the west or come out the east is exactly what we're seeing in these first in this in this in this series you need both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to be incredible, or you really have no shot. Andre Drummond was playing well, but he got in foul trouble. Seth Curry wasn't really reliable. Patty Mills, I don't even remember him playing. Gordon Dragic was all right, but he, he you know, it's Nick, Nick Claxton. He gives you energy, but he's missing free throws. It's this – it's 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 it's, cr- it's hard to expect p- two players to carry now now. I heard a lot. Of, I said this. I said this last episode, and I heard a lot of people say, "Well, you're, these aren't average two players." Correct, Kyrie Irving and KD are not your average two players. They're not your average, you know, run of the mill players. These are bona fide superstars. I mean, you have people that call Kyrie the most skilled player of all time and you have people that have KD in their top 10 players of all time so I understand that they're not your average stars you know what I mean so they can they can give you 50 to 60 or they can give you 40 to 50 every night that's not the issue. The issue is that's what they need to do to win. There's a difference between getting 50 and 60, and it's like, oh, shoot, all right, could. We, we got it. But when you need to do that to win, think about this. Kyrie Irving probably played one of the best games he's played all season. Now he's had, he has a 60-point game. He has a, a couple 50-point games. Kyrie Irving played incredible game one. Kevin Durant did not. Kevin Durant had like 23 points. I know he was struggling from the field. He had six turnovers, and they lost. Now, yes, they lost at the buzzer, but they lost. It's like you need both of them to play perfect or you have no shot. Not now. Don't get me wrong. They can still come out of this series. I, I still think that they have a great possibility of beating Boston this series. Because again, Boston losing Robert Williams, which looked like he could possibly come back soon, was huge. But even still, I mean, it's it's going to be hard. It's it's a toss up when all when everyone's fully healthy. It's a, let me not say that because we still know about Ben Simmons who's supposed to be coming back. Who knows? But in this iteration of Brooklyn, it's it's still a toss up because it's hard for me to see Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving go out first round or predict that they go out first round. But what I will say is, moving forward, I don't see them because of how they have to win. I can't. I cannot imagine them winning the East even with because uh, i mean they're baking a lot on Ben Simmons this year which we have not seen him this year so i don't know man but but like i said that's we're seeing it from brooklyn we're seeing if they if if the two superstars do not play well and play, let me not even say well, because Kevin Durant didn't play bad. He he had a bad first half, but he didn't finish bad. If they don't play great, Kyrie Irving played great. But shouts out to uh, Charles Barkley. He says it all the time. They both have to play great, or they're not winning. And and, and why is that? People ask why is that. Well, that's because. This team is not good enough defensively to carry, to to allow their defense to carry them to a win. Golden State, we just talked about Golden State, of course, is known for shooting threes, known for their explosive offense. Well, I think they're like the, the second ranked defense or something like that in the league. So even if. Steph Curry Klay Thompson's not 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 hitting on all cylinders their defense can carry them to a win Boston Boston has been probably since all-star break they've been arguably the best defensive team by far this this series so e are not this series this season so even if Jason Tatum's not playing well. Jalen Brown's not playing well offensively. They still have their defense that can carry them to a win. Brooklyn does not have that. Brooklyn doesn't have a a defensive-minded player that can really keep them afloat. Not even just a player. They're just not good defensively. So you need your offense to carry them well. If you look at their team, while they have big names, while they have a Blake Griffin, while they have a LaMarcus Aldridge, while they have a Seth Curry, while they have an Andre Drummond, while they have a Gordon Dragic, they have not been good enough to allow a KD and a Kyrie to lean on them if they're not. Bruce Brown has been all right, But he, they, offensively, he, they have none of the players that are just a hell. I haven't, I don't remember the last time I seen Blake Griffin play they have not been good enough for to allow Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to have a pedestrian game. And that is tough when you're in the playoffs, especially when you're the lower seed, which is the seventh seed, and you're going against a team like Boston that is incredible defensively. I mean, hell, they have the defensive player of the year now in Marcus Smart. And, they've been, and Marcus Smart was even hitting three. I think he had like 16, 18 points or something like that. So it's gonna to be tough. It's hard for me. It's like it's it's tough. I'm in a very tough spot. It's hard for me to know what I know about basketball and to know what I know about how teams work in the same breath. Also know who the hell Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are. And so, it's hard for me to pick this this series because it's like, if I'm speaking logically, it's hard for me not to, how am I going to go against Boston? They're the better team. They're playing better. They're the higher seed. They play better defense. They play better team ball. Jason Tatum is on another level right now. Jalen Brown's on another level right now. Marcus Smart is finally hitting threes in his career. Like, How would I bet against that? But then again, how do I bet against two players in Kyrie Irving and KD that can give you 50 each a night? So it's tough. And and we've seen them get 50 each a night. So it's tough. It's tough. But that has been an exciting series. Uh, I'm going to game two tonight, actually. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But that's, 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 that's what I'm seeing from that series. Let's go to uh, Philly and Toronto Philly is currently leading the series 2-0 First of all It sucks man Injuries really affect Injuries always affect the playoffs Like for people that say this is a new thing Injuries always affect the playoffs I mean even in the bubble Uh, Almost every team That the Hell, almost every team that both the Lakers and Miami faced had a player that was out. A key player that was out. And even in the finals, I think Bam was out a couple games. And Gordon Drogic. Injuries always play a part. And injuries are playing a huge part, in my opinion, in the Philly and Toronto series. I mean, yes, he's a rookie. But there's a reason why Scotty Barnes not only is a finalist for Rookie of the Year, but a lot of game one, he was guarding or they tasked him to guard James Harden. He was, Scotty Barnes is incredible. Now, I don't think one, they've been getting smacked. That is Toronto. They've been getting smacked these first two games. I don't think that just losing Scotty Barnes is. Is that big? But it is. It is big. Not to mention the fact that nobody could have, could have seen Tyrese Maxey going crazy like he's going. Tyro Tyrese Maxey has been playing better now. Granted, it's only been two games, but has been playing better these playoffs than James Harden's been playing. Now it, this it's man. Shouts out to Tyrese Maxey, man. Watching this man at Kentucky. I could never have imagined him to be playing out of his mind like this. I don't know if it's because he's been paired with James Harden and he's kind of getting the best out of him. Like I kind of I kinda of feel that way for Jordan Poole too. Now uh, I mean we, we we saw the reports that he was pretty much one foot out the door as far as in the league. Like he needed to improve, but I do think that When you're alongside great players like a Steph Curry, like a Klay Thompson, they take you under your wing, it's like, hey, this is how it goes, this is what you need to work on, let's work on it. And now you're seeing Jordan Poole go crazy. Tyrese Maxey, he's been great this whole season, don't get me wrong, he's been great this whole season, seeing as though he had to get thrust into the starting lineup, or starting point guard position, because of the whole Ben Simmons situation, but... His offensive output has skyrocketed since James Harden's been there. And I don't think that's a coincidence. But shout out to Tyrese Maxey, man. I don't. I think one of my dark horse picks or dark horse upsets were, or was, of course, Philly and Toronto, because I thought Toronto was going to play better if they haven't. And. While it doesn't, no, I know it's only two games in, and of course Philly did what they were supposed to do and win both home games. It Toronto just doesn't really; it, it doesn't feel like they are good enough to match up with this Philly team. Now, we do. I do want to see what they look like with Ty, you know, going to Toronto and uh, Matisse Steinbull's not playing, but. Tobias Harris is hitting threes like crazy. It's 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 going to be tough, and and the, the dim, Philly is in a different spot than Toronto. Toronto does not have well. You can everyone says they have championship aspirations. If you ask New Orleans Pelicans, they have championship aspirations, but yeah, it's just I don't I don't see it's. For Philly, it's different. Philly, they have championship. They have to have championship aspirations when you have the potential MVP and Joel, Joel Embiid, and James, you you trade Ben Simmons, you trade Seth Curry, you trade Andre I'm mean, oh, I'm sorry, Andre Drummond to get James Harden. So you have championship aspirations. So while no one's going to blink an eye if uh, Toronto. I don't know, wins this series, but then loses the next series to whoever they play. But that's not the case for Philly. Philly has to win a championship or at least get to a championship. It's in and it's like anything else does not justify the move that they make getting James Harden. and, And they know that. So. Shouts out to Tyrese Maxey, he's been incredible. Shouts out to Philly, they've been good these first two. They've they've been like gangbusters, and I think hell James Harden hasn't even been that good. Like he's been he's been straight, but he hasn't been the James Harden that they need him to be. But that hasn't really affected them because Tyrese Maxey has been playing out of his mind. So shouts out to them, and and it sucks for Toronto. I mean Fred Van VanVleet's been playing good, uh, but of course it's It's a lot to ask for a smaller guard to to lead you pascal siakam has been all right, but the fouling the fouling discrepancy has been crazy like i think there was a there was a time where they where philly took like twenty eight free throws to toronto's like six it's it's crazy it's it this man this been a, this has been the most physical round of playoff series i will say that i will say that. Um, but yeah, man it It's You're not going to look No one's going to bat an eye if Philly beats Or Philly beats Toronto Philly needs to get to a, ch- a championship That's They know that Fans know that Everyone knows that They need to At least make it If they don't win They don't win But at least make it there So Let's move forward Let's, let's talk about a series that Uh there's not really much to talk about for Miami and Atlanta. Um, at least the first, first what, two games, you're seeing exactly what we expect. You're seeing a team and in you're seeing a team that cannot be led by one person. And you can't see a team that's led by one person win against a team that not only has depth, but that's is is everyone is on a string? What do I mean by that? Atlanta, this entire year now losing Clint Capella was huge. Losing Clint Capella to the to the what knee sprain that was huge. That was or knee hyperextension that was that that was big because they don't have a, a pure center that can really dominate the paint like Clint Capella can as far as defensively. And you're gonna need that going up against a Bam on the bio. But when we talk about scoring, Atlanta is Atlanta only has one player that can consistently put the ball on the ground and get a bucket, and that player is Trey Young. Kevin Herder is a good catch and shooting. And he he might be able to put the ball on the ground and get a bucket maybe once or twice. Same for Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, John Collins has been good. He's a, he's a good two, but or no good like second player. But he, when we talk about well, he did just come back from injury, but it, it, <laughs> when we talk about someone that can consistently get the ball, put the ball on the ground and get a bucket. That is Trey Young now Trey Young is great at it, but he's the only one on the team that can consistently do that. The problem is you're going up against Miami that is one of the best defensive teams that is one of the most rugged teams and that can throw so many players at your small guard because Trey Young is a small guard. I mean you look they were they were throwing Trey Young around like a rag doll man. And most of the time, anytime he drove, he hit the ground. <laughs> anytime he he came off the screen, he met somebody else, Just chest to chest. It was it was tough. I think Trey Young, and you know, I think Trey Young had the worst shooting percent or worst shooting night he's had as a pro, probably ever in life. I think he only had like two points or something like that. And that's 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 one big reason I don't see I it's hard for me to see. I, I never really expected Atlanta to beat Miami. Um but I don't see this going longer than what four or five games. Cause Miami can do that. Miami Miami didn't even shoot that well. Outside of Tyler Euro and Duncan Robinson was going crazy. I think he had like eight threes. But outside of those two, they just destroyed them with defense. Kyle Lowry was going crazy defensively. Jimmy Butler was physical with Trey Young. Um, and that's what they're going to do every single game. And I don't... While, yes, you have John Collins and, and Trey Young, Atlanta doesn't have a solid one-two punch. Because, like, John Collins is a good player, but he's not a one-two punch offensively. As far, let me say this. John Collins is a good offensive player. He's just not a player that can – he's not like a – we talk about one, two punches, Golden State has three of them. Uh, Brooklyn has two. Boston has two. Now, of course, I'm not putting John Collins in the same category as like the superstars, but Philly has three now, how Tyron- Tyrese Maxey's been playing. Hell, Toronto has two: Fred VanVleet and um, and Pascal Siakam. Atlanta has one, and you're going up against a team that has s- several defensive-minded pieces that they can they can throw a Jimmy Butler at him, at Trey Young. They can throw a Kyle Lowry. They can throw a PJ Tucker. They can. And and on top of that, now that they don't have to worry about Clint Capella catching lobs and all you have to worry about is pretty much um, Boyan Bogdanovich, who is another guard, or have to worry about uh, John Collins, you can just put Bam on John. And then (laughs) neutralize. So it's just like, it's going to be tough for Atlanta, man. It's going to be tough for Atlanta. I don't know. Yeah, they might be able to win one, maybe even two in Atlanta, but I just don't see. I don't see uh, this series going longer than, what, six games. So, Memphis, the Memphis and, and Minnesota series, you're seeing the future. You're seeing the future of the league. You're seeing John Morant and Anthony Edwards going crazy. Anthony Edwards, bro. Anthony Edwards has been great, bro. I, he's been great. God, Anthony Edwards is so good. John Moran's good too. Like I said, the league is in good hands when we when we have young players like like I said, Anthony Edwards, John Moran, Jordan Poole, Tyrese Maxey, Like it, it's 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 in good hands, man. Jason Tatum, Luca, it's it's in good hands, man. Um, but I will say this now: I'm not. Ex- I don't expect Memphis to lose this series. I don't expect that. Uh, Memphis has played too good. I just don't expect it, but. When you line these the playoffs, the one of the biggest things about playoffs is about matchups, which is why if you look at some of the Golden State and Cleveland series outside of 2016, it doesn't matter if you have the best player. Cleveland pretty much always had the best player because you had LeBron James. they just there was just a terrible everyone in the league was pretty much a terrible matchup to Golden State when they had Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson and and Draymond Green. So when you look at Memphis and Minnesota, both these teams they don't match up well with each other. As far as let me say, Memphis does not no, Memphis does not match up well with Minnesota. Not saying that Memphis is going to lose the series, but they do not match up well. What do I mean by that? When you look at the positions, when you look at who is guarding who, Steven Adams cannot stay in front of Karl-Anthony Towns. That's just not happening. Not happening. And Anthony Edwards has been abusing Dylan Brooks. And... While Ja is great, you're putting a taller guard on him with D'Angelo Russell. Now, D'Angelo Russell did struggle game one, but that didn't matter when you had Ant going for, what, 30 something points, and you have karl Anthony Towns having like a 26 and 17 game. Both these teams. Memphis does not match up well against Minnesota. Now, do I think that Minnesota is going to win? No, I just don't think they have the offensive. I mean, they can go through offensive lows. They can go through defensive lows and like bad. And we've seen Memphis go crazy. I mean, what you're what you're now forcing is because Steve Stephen Adams can't really stay in front of. Um. Carl Anthony Towns, you're going to have to put Jaron Jackson Jr. on Carl Anthony Towns. The problem is you can't get him in foul trouble. Like, Jaron, Jun- Jaron Jackson Jr. cannot get in foul trouble because they don't have another... You're gonna have to put Brandon, what Brandon Clark? You're gonna have to put him at the four. It's 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 just a bind. <laughs> Memphis in a bind now. Again, I'm not picking Memphis to lose this series, but it's gonna be tough. It is going to be tough because they just don't match up. When you when you look at these teams side by side, they do not match up. Memphis does not match up well with Minnesota, especially when we talk about the size. Now, Memphis is a better team, but Minnesota is tough. Um, but I. And has been incredible. John Moran has been incredible as well. Uh, I think that they – I don't think. They need more from Desmond Baines. They need more from D- Dylan Brooks defensively because he was, he was all right offensively the first few games. It was just defensively he's been getting cooked by Anthony Edwards. So, um, but, yeah, man, that's – I just – it's about matchups, man. And Men- Memphis does not match up well with Minnesota. But I'm not – do not hear me say that and think that I'm picking Minnesota to lo- or Memphis to lose this series. No, I'm not. I just it's going to take some adjustments, and for a young team, you're you're going to see if they're able to make the adjustments in time. So let's move on. I don't need to say much about this series, and that is the Milwaukee and Chicago series. It doesn't. Again, I know there's only been, what, two games? But you're seeing a stark difference between Minnesota and Chicago. And I'm not going to – there's no point in me sitting here harping on it. I've said this time and time and time and time again. Yes, the regular season is different from the playoffs. But you have to beat teams – you have to be able to beat top-tier teams. And Toronto – not Toronto, I'm sorry – Chicago has not beat a top tier team this entire year. Now again, the playoffs are different than the regular season, but the regular season, there's games when you have to you get up for like like Golden State always gets up for what uh, whenever they play Phoenix, because that is number one team. or <laughs> Milwaukee gets up for Phoenix because that was just the NBA Finals. Boston gets up for Brooklyn in the—no, Philly in the regular season because there's a very good possibility that they could see each other in the playoffs. Whenever Chicago played a good team—let me see this—played a top-tier team in either conference, they lose. Now, you can say it's due to injury. You can say it's due to this, that, and a third. Well, this, that, and a third is here. And they're—it just—Minnesota—not Minnesota— Milwaukee just looks better and it looks Milwaukee is better than Chicago no ifs ands or buts about it and both these teams look drastically different I mean there's a reason why while yes this is Zach Levine's first playoff series there's a reason why he looked terrible the first few games there's a reason why DeMar DeRozan had one of his worst shooting nights in his career. I think he went like six for twenty four or something. Like, come, on. I'd be surprised, man. I will be I'll be shocked if Chicago. I will. Let me say this: <laughs> if Chicago somehow makes it out this series, which there is no way in heaven hell I can see that happening. If they do, I will come on here and say that I'm wrong. But I will be. Drastically shocked if they win. I'll be shocked if they win a game. I will be drastically shocked if they win two. So that's, that's that. Um, Shouts out to Jalen Brunson, man. Let's move on to the Dallas and Utah series, man. Shouts out to Jalen Brunson. Hey, if you everyone needs a Jalen in their life. If you do not have a Jalen in your life, your life is ten times harder than it is with a Jalen in your life. What do I mean by that? Shouts out to Jalen Brunson for dropping a career high, what, 41 uh, against Utah in game two, which now the series is tied 1 1. This has everything to do, in my opinion, with Utah than it has Dallas, because Dallas didn't have their best player in Luka Docich with a calf strain, and we don't know if he's going to be here for game three. Y'all remember. When and and this is why I said that this is uh, mainly um, about Utah than is Dallas. Dallas is at home, was at home the first two games, but that doesn't matter. Dallas, Denver, Atlanta, kind of find themselves in the same boat. They are led by one player. And everyone else pretty much is compliments to that player. If that player is not there, you know what I mean? Luka didn't play the first two games. Now, while, yes, Utah did win the first one, they didn't win the second one. And what you you do not want, you don't, you want to handle business when you have a chance to handle business. And when you're going up against a team and playing, the team that doesn't have their best player and arguably a top five player in the league you need to handle business now yes on paper you did what you were supposed to do you still won it away but you're acting like you, that, you're acting like Dallas has their full roster they don't have Luka Doncic and you're now going 1-1 now yes you talking still win this series in fact, if Luka, because apparently Luca hasn't even been able to run yet. So that's going to be tough, especially playing the mile high. Uh, no, especially playing in Utah. But like I said about Denver. I wholeheartedly think, you know how we talk about uh, how we talked about. The Trailblazers before they made the deal for uh, or made the deal to trade C.J. McCollum, and we said that it was probably a couple years too late. Yes, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum were great together, but there we saw the ceiling. We saw the ceiling that was Damian Lillard playing, playing with C.J. McCollum. They're both incredible offensive guards they both don't play a lick of defense and we've seen it they they're pretty much while Damian Lillard is better than CJ McCollum they're pretty much a carbon copy of each other we saw the we saw the ceiling when they went to the western conference finals was it the western conference western conference finals and i think got swept And then outside of that, they kept getting losing first round after first round after first round after first round. After first round. It was like, while well, yes, they finally made the trade to get off of CJ McCollum, it was too little, too like we that should have happened a couple years prior. That's how I look at Utah. Yes, you have Donovan Mitchell. Yes, you have six a uh, reigning six man of the year in uh, Jordan Clarkson. Yes, you have defensive player of the year candidate seemingly every year in Rudy Gobert, or Rudy Gobert. But outside of that, man, like, what else? And and is have we we've seen in my opinion we've seen the ceiling for Utah. With this current iteration, iteration, I don't think this team is good enough, even at full strength, is good enough to win a championship. I don't see them. There's a reason why they're the fifth seed. One, I don't see them beating a Phoenix. I don't see them beating a Golden State. I don't see them beating a Memphis. I don't see them beating, hell, it's going to be a dogfight against Minnesota. It'll be a fight against Denver. Utah should blow it up. I said it. Utah should blow it up Not saying get rid of You don't want to get rid of You don't get rid of Donovan Mitchell You, you, you probably have to get rid of Rudy Gobert Because it's like That's the only piece That you can really get something for And while he's a great defender At the rim He is a terrible Terrible Defender Out in the On the perimeter Because he's too slow and the way the game is going, that's, yo, I think a stat came out about game two of this Dallas and Utah series. The person that Rudy Gobert was guarding, which I believe was Maxie Kleber, I think he had 17 uncontested threes. 17 uncontested for people that don't know what that means that means nobody is in the vicinity of you shooting a three he had that 17 times in a playoff game was it a game or series whatever it is the man has shot 17 threes that rudy gobert is nowhere close to him and it can't be it can't be uh one game i think it's i think it's a series
1: that's crazy. Rudy Gobert
0: is too slow to play the perimeter. He's an incredible and one of the best uh defensive players we've seen at the rim. You take him out the rim, it's 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 barbecue chicken. It's crazy. So that's Utah has to blow it up, man. They have to blow it up cuz it's like we've I, to me, we've seen their ceiling. To me, their ceiling was probably um Was it the bubble? What is their ceiling? Western Conference Finals? Even if they make it to the finals. Let's just say they make it to the finals this year. I don't see them beating Miami. I don't see them beating Philly. I don't see them beating Milwaukee. I don't see them beating Boston. I don't see them beating Brooklyn. Well, they may. No, I don't see them beating Brooklyn. Hell, I will shoot them some bail. I do not even see them beating Chicago. And, And you know how I feel about Chicago? So yeah, man. I just think it's it's time, bro. It's time for Utah to 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 wrap this up, bro. It's time to wrap it up for Utah because it's was like no, bro. It's you have to you have to blow this up because you've seen the ceiling. Unless you like being a middle of the pack team. And when I say middle of the pack, you're good. You can win a series. you can win probably a series or two, but who? I don't see. Are they going to win a championship? No, no. They can be firing on all cylinders. Donovan Mitchell can be going crazy. Rudy Gobert can be blocking, average six blocks a game. I don't see them win championship. So, yeah, yeah, And lastly, for the NBA, <clears throat> you got Phoenix and and the Pelicans. It's. There's not much to say about this series. Pelicans are playing the Pelicans are outmatched. They're under five hundred team. Even at their best, I don't see even with Zion, I don't see them even standing any type of chance against Phoenix. There's a reason why Phoenix is the number one oh you know, on the number one team overall in the NBA this year. Chris Paul has been Chris Paul had like thirty points. It's Chris Paul. Is arguably one of the greatest, not arguably, inarguably one of the greatest uh, point guards of all time. And he just keeps showing it. The Pelicans have no shot. Good team. Brandon Ingram has been playing really well. CJ McCollum's been playing well. Uh, Yeah, but they... (laughs) it's they they don't stand a chance they don't stand a chance and then you can kind of see it the first two games they don't deandre ayton has been playing well it's devin booker it's mm-hmm. nah so that's nba playoffs at least break down to the first few first few games of each round so let's move on to football a little bit uh so I didn't talk about this last episode because I kind of dedicate the whole episode to the whole NBA power ranking thing. But a, some news that came out last week was uh, Ky- Kyler Murray apparently does not expect to play without a new contract. And you're starting to you're starting to see this around the league, man. It's this is the player empowerment age. Uh, Terry McLaurin, he's not going to voluntary or. Uh, Uh, Optional or voluntary workouts. AJ Brown. Debo Samuels. When you look at some of the deals that are being made. When you look at Devontae Adams' deal. When you look at uh, Kristen Kirk deal. When you look at Tyreek Hill deal. Even on the quarterback side. When you look at what... uh, What's his name? uh, Deshaun Watson. Like, this is players want to get paid and players are start players know their worth. We know that there's no way in heaven or hell that the 49ers have a chance to win if they don't have Debo Samuels. We know that AJ Brown, especially after giving up Julio Jones, AJ Brown is Tennessee's best wide receiver. Tara McLaurin is probably ain't eh, no probably is Washington's best offensive player. They know their worth, and and I understand that you're going to look at Kyler Murray, and we're going to think to them. So you're going to think, well, did you see last time we saw Kyler Murray? He looked terrible in the playoffs against the Rams. Which I get that, you know, I, I understand that, and I as a if I was a GM, I would. Let me say this: if I was Kyler Murray's camp, I probably would have handled it a little differently, because this this also goes back to. That pretty much wasn't the truth when he said, oh, no, everything's cool with me. You know, because we, we, we've we heard a lot of talk come out of the Cardinals camp this entire offseason. And then, of course, it's pretty much said, oh, no, it's it's nothing. This is not true. Well, now it's looking like most of the stuff was true. But I say that to say, man, it's look, Kyler Murray's going to get paid. Terry McLaurin's going to get paid. Debo Samuels, AJ, AJ Brown, they're going to get paid. Now, are they going to get paid Devontae Adams numbers? Are they going to get paid Tyreek Hill numbers? Are they going to get paid Deshaun Watson numbers? No. But they're going to get paid because players are starting to know their worth. Yes, the NFL represents the shield and they always represent the teams. But, yo, the Cardinals, you know how I know they're going to get paid? Because the Cardinals remember who the Cardinals were without Kyler Murray. And while he didn't have the best showing against the Rams in the playoffs, you a team looks drastically different with or without Kyler Murray, especially when you see the available quarterbacks. A team is the Washington Commanders, whew, that's a name. The Washington Commanders look drastically different with or without Terry McLaurin. The 49ers look drastically different with or without Debo Samuels. Now I will say this: Kyler Murray's situation is tad bit different from the the you know AJ Brown, Debo Samuel's, and Terry McLaurin, because all we've heard from the wide receiver side is they don't want to go to the men or the voluntary camps. They're not saying they're going to sit out games. They're not saying they're not going to play the season if they don't get a new contract. They did say they want a contract, and they're just sitting out voluntary, uh, the voluntary workouts. What we're hearing from Kyle or what? the reports are coming from Kyler is he don't expect to play period if he don't have a new contract. Now, yes, I think the Cardinals are kind of trapped. They're going to make a deal. And I think all the wide receivers are going to get paid, but, uh, this is the player empowerment year. I mean, not year player empowerment age. They're, they're getting what they want. that's why you're saying Denzel Ward just got paid like the highest paid cornerback in league history. Denzel Ward, who is great. Don't get me wrong, Denzel Ward is an, incre- is an incredible, credible defensive player and deserves all the money. But when you're seeing contracts like that get doled out and you know that there's players better than Denzel Ward and you think that you're better than Denzel Ward or you think that you're better than Christian Kirk, like, you know what I'm saying? It makes sense. So, again, Kyler's going to get paid. All the receivers are going to get paid. I just think... You're going to see this more and more. Kind of like the transport portal in college. You're going to see more and more players go to the transport portal. You're going to see more and more players hold out because they feel that their current deal is not giving them what what they think they're worth. And lastly, before we go, uh, we just talked about deals. And they just paid. Derek Carr just signed a three year I think a 121 And a half million dollar contract They're showing you how Teams a team will show you the You know how a team will show you How they feel about you by the money that they give you What the What the Oakland Raiders What the Vegas Raiders I'm sorry Is telling you is They not only view Derek Carr As a top 10 quarterback They got him the pieces that They've always said, "Well, Derek Carr is a piece of away. He's a wide receiver away." Well, you got arguably the top wide receiver in the league. You have an incredible running back in Josh Jacobs. We're giving you everything you need, and they think that they're good enough to win a win a Super Bowl. They don't pay you that much money if they don't think that you are the quarterback. Now, and I say all that to say, we've heard stories of, "Oh, they're trying to get off Derek Carr. They want to trade Derek Carr." <laughs> And people always say, well, Derek Carr is trash. Derek Carr is this, Derek Carr is that. They just paid Derek Carr <laughs> a lot of money, bro. A lot of money. Meaning the Raiders think, especially, and, and it's also, not only do they think that he is a serviceable quarterback and he is deserving of the money, but you look at the market, look at the quarterbacks available. You have Jimmy Garoppolo. Who just has shoulder surgery, which is probably why he's not on a new team right now. Cam Newton, which we he didn't really look good the last time we saw him in uh, Carolina. Baker Mayfield, but I, I I will I will be the first one to argue. I think that Derek Carr is better than Baker Mayfield, and I honestly don't think it's that close. Derek Carr has been great, and it's just he he hasn't. I think you know what the Raiders I think the Raiders look at what what helped Derek Carr get this get this contract not only of course yes his play helped him get this extension but seeing seeing Matthew Stafford and also looking at Carson Wentz really helped Derek Carr get this contract And what do I mean by that we saw what Carson Wentz – no, let, let, let's, let's start with Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford's career was rotting in Detroit. He was putting up godly numbers, but it wasn't amounting to any wins. And people always said, you know, if you put Matthew Stafford on a team that actually was a good team, he could flourish. Well, what do you know? You put him on the Rams, they win a the Super Bowl the first time. Meaning, if you, as a talented quarterback, if you put him on a team that has help around him, he could win you some games and ultimately won the Rams the Super Bowl. On the flip side, what did we say? What has a lot of people said about Carson Wentz? If you pair him again, he, he, he saw most of his success with Frank Reich. If you pair him to get him out of Philly, because Philly is a dysfunctional organization right now, get him out of Philly, pair him next to pa- Frank Wright. He will get back to the MVP caliber player I mean that he was before the injury. You did that. And it didn't work. It didn't work so much that Frank Wright had to apologize to the GM. And now Carson Wentz is the quarterback for the Commanders. Meaning, maybe it's more like uh, it was more Carson than the organization. I said all that to say you look at Derek Carr. Derek Carr has been through turmoil at the coach, turmoil at the front office. It seems like damn near every year a big play, a, a key player for him gets hurt. His offensive line is terrible. And they were a game away from making it to the playoffs. And honestly, if it wasn't for the blunder that happened with Staley and the and the Chargers, they would have made the playoffs. Actually I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If it wasn't for um they went they went down to the wire against in the wild in the in the wild card against uh the Bengals. And it just didn't, it, you know. Imagine if you had a number one receiver. Because Hunter Renfro was not number one receiver. So, shout out to Derek Carr, man. They, you don't And And this is pretty much for everyone that gives Derek Carr a lot of crap and, and that says he's not a good quarterback. They pay him like he's a top ten quarterback. Meaning they think he's a top ten quarterback. And when you look at the market, he he's he's played his way to that money. So and there you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the unpopular podcast. I appreciate you guys. Um, if you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. At multiple different colors, multiple different designs, whatever you want, I got you. Just click on the color, click on the design or shirt or whatever the item. Click on the color click by. I got you. Also, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. And until next time, much love.
1: the nigga up and now you gotta pay the price read it in the paper i knew something wasn't right thinking about you daily got me up all through the night why you let that nigga put the blame on you knew that nigga wasn't real said he would change on you when i got the news shit i thought it wasn't real ain't no fucking words could describe how that shit feel ain't put money on your books i ain't even write a letter shit every time i try i could barely hold myself together honestly and truly shit i thought that i would never See your face again, I really thought that was the end Niggas on Twitter talking like they never sin. Never made mistakes, now they act like they your kin Had to spend your 21st birthday in a pen About to face an L for a crime you wasn't in Sticking to the cold for some nigga who then told Might not get parole until you 50 years old Cells getting cold and you feeling all alone I was outside writing raps and making songs You love everyone, but somehow it feels wrong Cause I wrote those thinking you was never coming home Don't own nobody shit, girl, you did that on your own Finally made it out, I'm glad you hit a nigga phone Hundred miles apart, but somehow you kept me close Pulled up to a show, I thought i seen a fucking ghost Smiling cheek to cheek because you gave a nigga hope Never seen a nigga hanging, make it off that rope I can see the pain in your eyes when you smile I know you ain't felt real love in a while I know you ain't had a good hug in a while. Tell them niggas add not guilty to your foul You was 18 when I judge gave you life Said you set a nigga up and now you gotta pay the price Read it in the paper, I knew something wasn't right 2019, got a second chance at life You was 18 when I judge gave you life Said you set a nigga up and now you gotta pay the price I read it in the paper, I knew something wasn't right 2019, got a second chance at life Dog, Dog. 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 <laughs> you made it home. Skies on a track. Whoa.